Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Amen. Come with me, Genesis 1:26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them struggle and eke their way through life. Let them battle and continually be kicked around and beat down, but let them just be content with losing all the time because they're Christian. Sorry, what translation am I reading here? Hang on. Let them have... Wow, why was that difficult to say? Let them have... Wow, about a third of you. Let them have... To have dominion means to dominate. A kingdom is a king's dominion. From dominion we get domain. The Bible says that he has made us a kingdom of kings and priests. A kingdom of kings and priests. Not a kingdom of kings or priests. Kings and priests. You are a king. You carry a crown. You are royalty. You are sons and daughters of the Most High. The earth is the Lord's and its fullness thereof. You represent the King of Kings. You are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. You walk as a king, taking territory, taking dominion, taking, taking authority over regions, but you're also a priest. A priest is someone that brings atonement. A priest is somebody that, that, that uh, pacifies the judgment. We, we see it all the way through the, the, the Old Testament. A, a priest would come and, and, and bring a dove or sacrifice a lamb or sacrifice to, to quench the judgment, to, to bring atonement, to bring peace into an area. You have authority over demons. You have authority over the spirit realm. You have authority. You, you've been empowered as a king and a priest to cancel generational curses. This is really important because so many people miss. This is in, in the beginning. This is God speaking. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Let them dominate. Let them be the head and not the tail. Above only, not beneath. That's God's position. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image because whatever God says, he's gonna do, he does. God is not a man that he should lie, he keeps his word. He's the only one that keeps his word. In fact, the scripture says he watches over his word to perform it. God's, God's word never, never departs from his mouth and returns without accomplishing that which it was sent out to do. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them. I want you to notice when God blessed them, they, there was no Harvard to graduate from. There was no Yale or Oxford or Cambridge. There was no Olympic Games. There, there was no MMA. None of that existed. They, they, 
kind of really hadn't the opportunity to do anything. They, they were just created. They were just brand new and God blessed them. The default position for your life should be blessing. The default position for your life is blessing. God's intention for you is blessing. I don't, I don't like that awakened church here. Like, he's like that Joel Osteen. Look at him up there with his weird haircut. <laughs> and his funny accent. It's a, Joel Osteen, it's a Joel Osteen gospel. It's a prosperity gospel. It's from Genesis to Revelation. No, 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 no. I sat with a pastor and you know, he, told, he said that you guys preach godliness for gain. That's what you guys do. Well, honestly, I heard that. And so I've been reading through the Bible and I find if my people, that every promise is preceded by a premise. The Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. The Bible says that blessings are on the head of the righteous. The Bible says the faithful will abound in blessing. I can't find anywhere in the Bible where if, if you honor God and if you please God, where blessing doesn't overtake you. Joshua says, I set before you death and life, blessing and cursing. Therefore, for goodness sake, choose life. Choose blessing. So God bless them. The default position of your life should be blessing. Now, if, if there's, there's a lack of blessing in an area, it's, it's, it's wonderful because what it does, it allows the help of the Holy Spirit. Give me one second. Zoe, daddy's in church. I'm preaching. Oh, I didn't see your text, darling. I'm preaching. She can come over and study, yes. Love you, darling. Bye. It was the third time she rang, I'm like... She has, she has carte blanche to interrupt. She's my only daughter, so. It's, it's very important that you catch this. The default, the default position, if my life is not blessed, let the help of the Holy Spirit help me take inventory. And if I was honest, honest Pastor Mike, every, every area of my life that wasn't blessed had, had a reason. And the reason was what I call the schmeagel. I found that any area of my life that, that wasn't blessed by God, it was because I had something that was my precious, my filthy love, which kills me. Yeah, no, no, master's good, master's good. No, them strixies. No, so I found that I had idols. I had areas of sin, areas of compromise in my life where the blessing can't rest, where there's idolatry. The blessing can't rest where there's transgression. The bless, blessing can't rest there. So the beautiful Holy Spirit who's our helper, He'll tell you, wow, that this thing gives you pleasure. This thing gives you gratification. This thing gives you, this thing you can't let it go, your fears, your insecurities, all oh, better than ever. Well, well you're, you're, you're missing out on this because you're hot. Why don't you let go of that? Why don't you step out? Why don't you trust God? Every area of my life that was not blessed was because I was in compromise. And the beautiful gift of church is a thing called repentance. Oh my gosh, what a gift that I get to come to the house of God and repent, to change the way that I think, to turn my life around, to let go of the things of this world in order to lay hold of eternal things. The default position of your life is blessing. 
God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. To subdue means to bring under your authority. This is before the fall. So God is saying to Adam, you're gonna run into some obstacles, you're gonna run into some things that are gonna try and dominate you, but you are to dominate it. If you look around the garden, Adam, you're gonna see elephants bigger than you. You don't submit, they submit to you. You're gonna see lions and cheetahs. You're gonna see animals that are faster, that are stronger than you, but they don't submit to you, submit to them. He was meant to get that serpent to submit, but instead he gave, he entertained and let it subdue. And then let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, and over everything that moves on the earth. Now go to Genesis 2. Genesis 2.10 says, Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is the Pishon. It is the one which skirts the land of Havilah where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. It's good. Another translation says it's fine gold. The bedellium and the onyx stone are there. We, we, uh, we have a number of uh, armed forces, folks who come to awaken. San Diego is a city where we have the Navy, the Navy SEALs. We have uh, Camp Pendleton, Miramar. We have uh, many people who are in the Marine Corps, in, in the Navy, in the Army. We, we, we have a lot of people here, Coast Guard. Uh, and we honor, we honor those, anyone who puts on a uniform, anybody that defends our freedom. You better believe in this church, we honor them. We honor our police force. We honor our sheriffs. We don't want to defund them. We want to increase funding for them. We know that the more police, the more safe our communities are, the more safe our houses are, the more safe our families are. We stand and we honor. We honor the flag. We honor the flag because we know that people gave their lives, gave their lives for what that flag represents. We don't kneel on it, we don't stand on it, we don't tolerate people desecrating or burning it because people shed their blood fighting for that flag. You wanna protest, there are 101 other ways to protest. Don't you dare desecrate our flag. So let me give you three quick thoughts. The first one, the title of my message today is The Authority Flow. The Authority Flow. I wanna teach this today in just a few minutes that we have left. Because most Christians don't understand what I'm about to, to teach you. Most Christians don't understand, but when you understand this, when you catch this, it will game change your life. Today is gonna to be a game changing message. Point number one, authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. I was with one of my special forces guys and uh, when he comes back from deployment, he was away for nine months at that particular time. He was a former Marine and then he went into, did some special forces training. They use him to uh, take some of our dignitaries and at this particular occasion is with one of our ambassadors. They were in Northern Africa and then right into the bottom of uh, Iran, Iraq, the Middle East there. And, uh, and it was a time where ISIL, which was, we were told was a, a JV league team, we realized wasn't JV after all. And... Uh, that they, they, they were dominating the region. And he said that his, his assignment was to take the intel and the briefs that he was given and then go ahead to make sure that as they were traveling through the different territories and different regions, that they would be safe. That was his job was the safety of the cargo, which was the ambassador. He said that there'd been a shift at that particular time because of an influx of weapons that came from Russia an influx of weapons that came from Russia. 
so that, that there was a new warlord in charge of many of the regions. His intel says this warlord was in charge, but this warlord was no longer in charge. Another warlord was in charge. And then he made this statement and, and, and he was just talking normal because he's used to warfare. I, I think I know warfare, but I'm so churchanized and westernized that I didn't catch it. And I had to get him to say, say that again. So he said, yeah. And so you know, pastor, how authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. And I said, hang on, what did you just say? He says, authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. He says, I began to realize that what our intel said, this guy was, but no, no, no. A man with bows and arrows and a few rifles is no match for somebody with brand new tanks, brand new surface-to-air missile launchers, somebody with Kalishnikovs and M16 rifles. That they, 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 they sent weapons to this. If you go to Mexico, do you know who's in charge? Whoever has the most weapons, the government or the cartels. And in most places, it's the cartels. The cartels have greater weapons than the government. Therefore, the cartels are in authority over that region because authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. I don't like this preaching. I'm sorry, it's the truth. I can't help it. So watch this. So so when I became a Christian, Mike, um, I had these well-meaning people saying, oh, now that you're a Christian, you you just better watch out. Now, this wasn't Mike, by the way, even though I can't get away from the Southern accent. (laughs) Now that you're a Christian, you're going to have a big target on your back. When the day you become a Christian, you get born again, you get a big target on your back, the devil's going to come at you. He's going to come at you with everything he's got because you became a Christian. The day you become a Christian, the devil's going to target you. you got a target on your back. He's going he to bring a whooping. He's going to attack your finances. He's going to attack your marriage. He's going to attack your health. You better believe it, Pastor. As soon as you become a Christian, you get a target on your back. So I'm like, dear God, i got to warn people. Well, you know, don't become a Christian. You don't want to target on your back, the devil. And then the Holy Spirit, you know, thank God for the Holy Spirit. He's your helper. He's like, yeah, jerk, jerks. Was the devil attacking you before or after you became a Christian? I said, fudge, he's been attacking me my whole life. <laughs> he's like, you didn't get a target when you got born again. You got a target when you were conceived in the womb. Because when you were conceived in the womb, the target was because you were the image bearer. You carry the image and the likeness of God. So from the womb, Satan wants to wipe you out. Abortion, from the womb, Roe v. Wade, from the womb, Satan wants to wipe you out because you bear the image and the likeness of the God who threw him out of heaven, dismissed him from his high lofty place and cast him into the earth and pronounced judgment and sentence upon him. And he is filled with fury and filled with rage. He says, but you know what you got when you became a Christian? I said, no. He says, what you got when you became a Christian is access to the highest level of weaponry, the highest level of armory. You've been given access. You've been granted permission to use the name that is above every other name, the name of Yeshua ben Elohim, the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. We taught our kids when they were afraid of the dark, we said, you know, just say the name of Jesus. Demons flee the name of Jesus. If there's something 
under your bed and tries to attack you, you use the name of Jesus. You say, fear, go in the name of Jesus. Sickness, go in the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible says in the name of Jesus, they shall cast out demons. In the name of Jesus, they shall heal the sick. In the name of Jesus, miracles flow. There is no name given under heaven by which man can be saved but the name of Jesus. Authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. I've got good news today. You, as sons and daughters, born again of the Most High God, have access to the highest level, the highest grade of power, of weaponry in the universe. The Bible says, though we war in the... Though we war in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. But our weaponry is mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, demolishing arguments, bringing every thought into captivity of the obedience of Jesus Christ. When you become a Christian, when you get born again, you better believe a power and an authority comes to you so that you can whoop the devil wherever you find him. Whether he's in the Encinitas school board, we can replace woke with awake. Thank you, Andre Johnson. Whether it's in... In our governorship, wherever it is, we our assignment is to drive out evil and replace it with good. Can somebody say amen? So authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. Number two, number two is what I call the great authority inversion experiment. The authority inversion experiment. Here's a principle that... that that nobody may have explained to you. The Bible says that there was a, a garden that God planted called Eden and a river flowed out of Eden. God gave Adam in the garden a, a commission, an assignment to go into all the world, to, to be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. So if you're gonna leave the garden to fill the earth, simplest thing is just follow the river that God made to flow out. Because was, God was never meant to just stay in the garden, it was meant to fill the earth. And the Bible says at the very, very first bend in the river, at the very, very first deflection, that river is called the Pishon. And it skirts the land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is fine gold. Why is that? Because God was saying, son, if you talk to any Jew, they will tell you the first king over the earth was Adam. Adam was the first Melech, the first king. And God says, I want you to fill the earth and I want you to be fruitful and multiply. And you'll notice what I put in the river at the very, very first bend is gold. I put the finest gold because I never call you to do something that I don't fund and resource. 2020, we spent $26 million on this building and all the churches are shut down. All my pastor friends are like, man, we don't even know if we're going to have a church left. And I'm telling them, we're about to open our building in the middle of the pandemic with the largest sanctuary that we've, that we've built. And they're like, yeah, you're, you're joking, right? But the place is packed because God never commissions you without resourcing you. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. The Bible says that God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So if you wanna know what's happening in a book, where do you go? If you wanna know, gosh, I wonder, you know, do, do they solve it? What do you do? You go to 
You go to the end. You go to the end of the book. So we see in Genesis, which is the beginning. In fact, the word Genesis literally means the beginning. In the Hebrew, it's Barashid, which means the beginning. So in the beginning, we see a river with gold. Fast forward, if you go to the last book of the Bible, spoiler alert, book of Revelation, Revelation finishes with Revelation 22. Before 22 is 21. 21, 17 says, And I saw a city coming down from heaven, and it, it was made of pure gold. The streets in the city are of such pure gold that you can see your reflection in it. The gates of the city, there are 12 gates, and they're made of a single pearl each. It's breathtaking. Genesis 21, 17 and Genesis 21, 21, we see, see gold. The city, it, it, begins, it begins in a river and it ends in the city. Then 22 verse 1 says, and there was one who was seated on the throne in this, in this city. And it was, it was the Almighty. And the Bible says, and from beneath his throne flowed a river and it was a river of life. So in Genesis, in the beginning, we see a river with gold. And in the end, if you want to know what's the gold in the river for, oh, I see. The gold is to establish the kingdom of God. It's to establish the city of God. It's so that the river that flowed is a river of life. So there, there, there's a competition in the marketplace for the gold. The wicked covets the gold. Now here's, here's the, the inversion experiment. The resources of the earth flow towards whoever is in authority. Okay, I need to hit that one again. The gold and the resources of the earth flow to whoever is in authority. If you study history, you will find that the wealth of a particular region, the wealth of a nation flows to whoever is in authority. If you don't believe me, have a look at Vladimir Putin. He says that my annual salary, 200,000 US dollars. That's what he says. 200,000 US dollars is my annual salary. Explain then, Mr. Putin, how you have three yachts. The cheapest one is $200 million. Explain how you just finished a 280,000 square foot home worth $1.6 billion. Explain that to me, how you do that on 200. Explain to, to me, Nancy Pelosi, how on a $180,000 salary, your net worth is $230 million. It's because these people know that whoever is in authority over a land, the wealth of that land, land flows towards them. In 1965, Ferdinand Marcos, the president of Manila, marries beautiful Imelda. Imelda was from a very poor village and from a very poor family, but he married her because he saw her one day in one of his parades and she was striking. She was beautiful. And being the president, he invited her into the palace and she married him. She married for money. That's why it's kind of a good thing that you have a job before you want to date a girl. Because God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. It's a biblical pattern. Anyway, enough said about that. So, authority flows to whoever has the most weapons, but the wealth and the resources flow to whoever is an authority. 
Imelda Marcos goes from the rags to riches. She's the symbol of hope for the Filipino people. But they don't just live on, on their salary. They begin to use the national treasury. They use the, 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 the treasure chest of the Philippine government to, to fund their lifestyle. She has over 3,000 pairs of shoes. She has over 888 designer handbags. Uh, when, when in 1986, when they finally fled because of the corruption couldn't be hit anymore and the poverty that they, they impoverished their nation while they got richer and richer, when they came to Hawaii, they had to fill out their immigration and they didn't even try and hide what was on their immigration thing because they thought, well, you know, we're just bringing our bare essentials with us. So this is what, what they, they brought with them. They brought 22 crates, if we can put the slide up, 22 crates of cash valued at $1,717 million. 300 crates of assorted jewelry with an undetermined value, because you need 300 crates of assorted jewelry. Four, $4 million worth of unset precious gems contained in pampered diaper boxes. I don't know why they use those, but anyway. $7.7 million worth of jewelry, including a gold crown encrusted with diamonds, 65 Seiko and Cartier watches, uh, a 12 by four foot box crammed full of real pearls, because you need that, just, just the bare essentials. Just the essentials. Okay, just go and get the bare essentials. Little old lady, bare essentials. A three foot solid gold statue covered in diamonds and other precious stones. $200,000 in gold bullion and nearly 1 million in Filipino pesos. Deposit slips to banks in the US, Switzerland and the Cayman Islands worth $124 million. They fled with all of that. They fled and they were arrested uh, when they got to Hawaii. They bankrupt their people. If you look around the world, whether you go across the border down into Mexico, you'll find the people living in poverty and those in authority are living high on the hog. If you go to Venezuela, Venezuela, an incredibly rich nation, rich in natural resources, rich in oil, one of the, the largest oil deposits in the world. And yet under Hugo Chavez and his socialist communist government, the people are eating out of trash cans. But don't think he's eating out of trash cans. He's living it high on the hog. He's living in luxury, flying in private jets. Don't think when your business was shut down in 2020, the governor Newsom, who made the decree, shut down his three, three vineyards and businesses. He was dining at uh, French Laundry indoors, no masks, no social distancing. You weren't allowed to have five people at Thanksgiving, but he's dining indoor and ordering 2,000 bottles of wine, the entire bill. For, for, for that meal that night was $14,000. You have to struggle. But the elite know that whoever is an authority, the wealth and the resources flow towards authority. So what did our founding fathers do? Our founding fathers understood something by studying 6,000 years of recorded human history. And this is what they discovered. They discovered that authority attracts the, the wealth and the resources of the ground. The resources that God put into the earth will always flow to whoever is in authority over that region. So our founding fathers put a constitution together that begins in the preamble with the words, we the people. We the people. Why we the people? Because the authority over the United States of America is not in a president, it's not in a king, it's not in a potentate. The authority, those who are in authority are we the people. And those who govern, govern at the consent of we the people. Put up slide two. We the people of the United States of America. So what they did was they did an inversion. 
in the every other civilization at that time had a king or an authority, the, the few ruled over the many. And they saw that because of that, the crown was wealthy, but the people were peasants. The people were serfs. So, so our founding fathers inverted it, where instead of a king being in authority, the people were in authority. And the people elect our leaders and they serve. They serve at the behest. They serve at the consent of those who are governed. And should they color outside the lines, we fire them and then we elect somebody else who serves to protect our liberties, to protect and secure our blessings, general welfare, prosperity, and to establish the Constitution. So what happened? America is less than 5% of the world's population and yet produces 95% of the world's wealth. 60% of all the resources in the world came from the United States of America. America invented the middle class. There was no such thing as the rich and there was the poor. But under America, under a constitution that inverted everything, we have a middle class. A middle class person today lives greater, greater than a king lived 100 years ago. 100 years ago, the kings of the earth could not, with the touch of a button, change the atmosphere and the temperature in their home. But you and I have that. The kings 100 years ago could not get on a private jet and fly and have a vacation in Mexico or go to Hawaii or fly to another another state. But you and I can do that. The kings 100 years ago had horses and chariots. Today we have access to motor vehicles. The kings 100 years ago could not have refrigerated goods. You and I have refrigerated. The kings that lived 100 years ago don't live as well as even the middle class, even the low to middle class lived today in the United States of America. We produced the airplane. We produced high-rise buildings because we produced the elevator. We produce travel. We pro it's America that has produced wealth. Why? Because our founding fathers understood something, that the wealth and the resources of the earth flows to whoever is in authority. No wonder they want to be in authority. No wonder they want to take authority away from you. No wonder they want to get rid of your Second Amendment. The Second Amendment has nothing to do with hunting, has nothing to do with home protection. The language of the Second Amendment was written to protect you and I from a government gone tyranny, a government gone rogue. That's the whole reason. Why? Because the founding fathers know authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. But those in authority want more authority. That's why when Biden says it's the end of the pandemic, I haven't seen you, Mr. Newsom, say, well, I'm going to relinquish these emergency powers now. Why wouldn't they not give it up? Because they know that the wealth and the resources of the land flows to whoever's in authority. They don't want you in authority. They want to be in authority. The great reset of 2030 is a great reset where you and I become slaves. We own nothing and we'll be very happy or we'll be shot. They want to own everything. They want to be in authority because they understand something most Christians are ignorant of. The Bible teaches that the wealth and the resources of the earth flow to whoever's in authority. The founding fathers pled their fortune, gave their lives to do this inversion experiment to put you and I in authority. We need to drive out every, every dictator, every socialist communist that tries to get into positions of power because what they wanna do is they wanna enslave you. They want the authority because they want the wealth and the resources. Not on our watch, Bob. We're gonna drive you out of every school district we're going to drive you out of every supervisor role. We are here to say something about it. We are here to push back. We're here to take back our county. We are here to take back our cities. 
The general Mike Clark said something. He didn't even know I was preaching this. And in, in, in the green room, he just said, well, you know, pastor, there's a, there's, a, there's a law that he who holds the gold makes the rules. Did you know what I was preaching today? He had no idea. He, just made, he who holds the gold makes the rules. The wicked want to hold the gold so they can make the rules. I don't know about you, but watching 2020, 2021, the, the, the sacking of our cities, the burning down of our cities, the destruction of our business, the, the mental health spikes, the addiction, the recidivism, I'm done with giving them the gold so they can make the rules. It's time that we understand that the wealth and the resources flow to those who are in authority. It's time we take back our territory. Somebody say amen. You travel throughout Mexico and you see that those in authority are the wealthiest people. You were put into authority. People came in the Irish potato famine with rags on their back, giving their last, last nickel to make a ship, to make it onto a ship, transporting them across the Atlantic into the safe harbour of New York and the success stories. People came from Europe, people came from war, people came from communism, they escaped to come to this land. Why do they come to this land? Because in this land, the great inversion, instead of a king being an authority and the people live in poverty, our founding fathers inverted it so that you are in authority, we the people. Have a look at the, the, the next slide, go to the next slide. It says, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed from the consent of those who are governed. Who's in authority? You're in authority. What happens when you're in authority? The wealth and the resources flow towards you. That's why the devil attacks small business. You tell me how, oh, oh, there's a virus that we created in a lab, but don't tell anybody, and released on the world, but don't tell anybody. If they do, no, notice it, call them conspiracy theorists. But you know what we're gonna do to contain this virus? We're gonna destroy small businesses. No, no, Home Depot needs to be open. Large, big business that we control, but small, small business is how we're going to stop a virus. Because how many people know you not being able to sell tacos is going to stop that virus? You not being able to... Go to the next slide. The next slide is Jonathan Swift. For in, all, in reason, all government without the consent of the governed is the very definition of slavery. When Newsom started shutting down, it wasn't at your consent. That tells me that they, they are overstepping their, their bounds. It's time we push back. All right, last. So, so this is why they use voter fraud to stay in power. Like, oh no, I don't, I don't believe it, I don't believe it. Well, just watch Trump's rally yesterday. You're trying to tell me that, oh yeah, a, a, a basement dwelling Biden who couldn't fill 12 circles, he got 81 million votes, but this guy who got 13 million more votes in his re-election than in his election, he lost. He fills stadiums all over America. Biden can't finish a sentence, let alone fill a, but he got 81 million votes. And it's, and it's so secure, the election was so secure, you sent 48 lawyers to Maricopa County to make sure that they that no forensic audit could take place. Oh, you destroyed hard drives and USB drives containing all the election because there's nothing to hide here. Oh, okay. Yes, we'll believe you. No, 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 Pastor Jürgen, the wicked, they've, they've got morals. No, 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 no. No, that's why they're wicked, darling. 
They don't have morals. They've been stealing elections for years. Why would they do that? Because they understand that the wealth and the resources flow to whoever's in authority. They want to be in authority. They don't give a rip about free and fair elections. They give a rip about the wealth and the resources. That's why they want to be in authority. But we are going to overwhelm them. We are raising up poll watchers. We are raising up canvases. We are going to overwhelm. We're going to get out to vote. We are going to take the fight. We're going to we're going to dismantle their fraud system and put the righteous back in authority. The last one, number three, is what I call the authority responsibility dynamic. In Luke chapter 4, 5 to 8, the Bible says, And Satan, the devil, took Jesus up onto a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. This is the third temptation. And then the devil said to him, watch this, all this... Come on, somebody, all this, all this authority, I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, the book of Matthew says, therefore, if you will bow down before me, I'll give it to you. In other words, the devil is saying, I'm the authority over the earth. If you will bow down under my authority, all the wealth and the resources belong to me. They belong to me because authority I'm in and the wealth and the resources flow towards whoever's in authority. Jesus didn't say, they don't belong to you. But Jesus just said, get thee behind me, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and Him only shall you serve. Him only shall you serve. Now watch this. In, if you go to Africa and study the wildlife in Africa, and we know that Dr. Matt loves lions and lion chases. I, I love lions. The Bible says that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So we know that Jesus is Alpha. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. But the Bible also says in 1 Peter 5, 8, that Satan roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If you know anything about lions, that a lion has a pride and that pride produces offspring. And the alpha is responsible for the pride. The alpha marks his territory by spraying his DNA. He puts his DNA on that territory. And if another lion comes into that territory, he either has to evict that territory or, or he has to fight the Alpha, if he fights the Alpha and defeats the Alpha, the first thing that lion does is he goes and kills every male to wipe out the previous Alpha's DNA. Satan in the book of Job, but it says the sons of God came before God and presented themselves and Satan also came among them. And God said to Satan, where have you come from? Watch the language. Satan says, I've come from the earth, from traveling back and forth, walking to and fro upon the earth. What's he doing? He's marking the earth as his domain, as his territory. Fast forward when it comes to Jesus, we just read in the temptation, he says, all this belongs to me. All the kingdoms and their glory and their splendor belong to me. If you bow down to me, I'll share some of it. 
But Jesus didn't come to bow down to the devil. Jesus didn't come to share. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8. The devil thought he was Alpha till the real Alpha turned up. The lion of the tribe of Judah. He may have suffered as a lamb, but he roars as a lion. And he came and he crushed the devil. He defeated the devil. He stripped the devil. He stripped the devil of his authority. On Friday, he atoned for your sin and my sin. But on Sunday, he rose from the dead, crushing the devil's head, taking the keys of death and the keys of hell, rising again. When, when David faced Goliath in the valley, he put a stone in a sling and hit Goliath and killed Goliath. But David did something. He, he, he didn't just kill Goliath. He took Goliath's sword and cut off his head. Why did he cut off his head? Because the head in the Bible is authority. David said, I'm not just winning a battle against the enemy. I'm actually taking authority over the region. Jesus, Son of David. Have, when Jesus came, He didn't just defeat the devil. He took the devil's head. He crushed the devil. He took authority from the devil. Because He took complete responsibility. When He died on the cross, the Bible says He died for sin. Now, how many people can, you know, name some of the sins that Jesus committed that He died for? Actually, hang on, He didn't commit any. Well, whose sin did He die? He died for your sin, died for my sin. But they weren't, they weren't His sins. They weren't His responsibility. Exactly. He took complete responsibility. Therefore, He has full authority. Because responsibility and authority are two sides of the same coin. Now watch this. Watch this. How did He, how did he save mankind? How did He defeat the devil? The Bible says they overcame Him. They overcame the devil. Revelation 11:12. 12. They overcame the devil by the, by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. They overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb. How did they do that? When they nailed Jesus to the cross, He was bleeding from His wrist, bleeding from His head, bleeding from, from these wounds. And they lifted that cross up. And where did they place the cross? Into the ground. They put His cross into the ground. If you said to me, hey, pastor, where's the highest concentrate of DNA? Is it in the saliva? No, it's in the blood. It's in the blood. When Jesus hung on the cross, He shed His blood on the earth. He shed His DNA. He marked His territory. He marked His territory. The first Adam lost the earth and the devil was the illegitimate authority. But Yeshua ben Elohim comes and He marks the earth. He shed His blood there. So I want you to know this, whenever you are born again, Whenever you say, Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior, the Bible says you are born again. You are born again of His Spirit. There, you're no longer who you used to be. Old things have passed away. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You know what that means? That means that you carry His DNA. That means when the devil comes after you, when the devil comes to attack you, you better believe that there is an alpha. There is an alpha lion called Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah, who will go and fight. He fights on our behalf. He fights with powerful weapons and He goes after the enemy because you carry His DNA. You are His pride. You are His pride. You're not just His bride, you're His pride. And He goes to war to take down the enemy. Come on, how good is that? How good is that? Come on, give God a great praise. Give God a great praise. Give God a great praise.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Just, just grab a seat, close your eyes. I'm over time. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, friend, we're not trying to get you to join a club or join a church. We're trying to get you born again. When you get born again, you become a son of the Most High God. The target on your back all of a sudden gets overwhelmed by armory. You get an arsenal of weapons. You get resources, power, and authority so that you start winning in life. Ask anybody that's been born again. Not only that, but you join the family of God and the Alpha. Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, roars on your behalf. And when another lion comes into his domain, when another lion comes into his territory, you have a defender. He defends you not based on your performance. He defends you not based on how much time you've spent in prayer or how many Bible verses you read that week. He defends you because you are marked with His DNA. You bear His DNA as sons and daughters of the Most High God. He is your protector. He's your provider. He's your deliverer. He's your redeemer. He's your healer. He's your savior. It's who He is. He does it not based on your performance, but based on the fact that you have His DNA. If you're not born again, friend, don't leave the same way you came in. If you've never surrendered to Jesus, don't leave the same way you came in. If you once walked with Jesus, but you turned away, ran away, fell away, you're away, you need to come back, come back today. So while every head is bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, quickly lift your hand. I'm gonna say a prayer and then hand back to Dr. Matt to close out the meeting. Who are those ones saying, I need to do that today. I wanna be born again. I wanna be in the family of God. I need to come back to Jesus. I need to surrender. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else there? Thank you, young man, I see that hand. Who else is there? Who else is there? Up the back, thank you. Who else is there? Just lift it up high so that I can see it. Lift it up high so that I can see it. Thank you. Who else is there? Thank you. Who else is there? Thank you. Who else is there? Just lift your hand high and say, Pastor, that's me. Pastor, that's me. Pastor, that's me. Pastor, that's me. Thank you, darling. I see that hand. Thank you, somebody else. Thank you, somebody else. While their heads are bowed and their eyes closed, because I'm over time, I have to cut this short. Say these words, everyone out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, today I surrender to You my entire life. Lord Jesus, thank You. When You died on the cross, You broke the power of the devil. Today I am free, my sins forgiven. I am clean because of what You did on the cross. Today I thank You that I am the head, not the tail, that I have authority, dominion. I thank You for Your blessing, Your love, Your forgiveness and Your favour on my life. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.